good afternoon. I'm Peter Call with uh, Mobile Air Climate Systems Association, and welcome to the podcast. You may see something a little different. We don't have Steve. Steve is actually behind the camera today, and but we're ple uh, our pleasure to welcome our guest, uh, Jeffrey Cox, or Jeff as we call him, uh, president of Automotive Maintenance and Repair Association. That's correct. And, and they uh, they also uh, serve a group called MAP, Motorist Assurance Program. Jeff, welcome. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, our pleasure. This is our first, my first anyway, I think Jeff's first, uh, time um, experiencing kind of a co-joined event where AMRA is on the front end of the MAX 2024 conference. Uh, and a little different for AMRA, a little different for us, but so far so good. We're only into day one. Day one. But uh, but so far, it's like, like to say, the building hasn't burned down, and uh, you've got some great attendance today at your event. Um, tell us a little bit about what the Motorist Assurance Program Technical Conference, the winter one specifically, but your technical conference, what's that all about? Yeah, you know, we bring in industry leaders from all across the country that really bring us insights into the changing technology or how things are changing how we service vehicles. Mm -hmm. And we take those insights and we go back and we look at our standards and we update our standards so that when it gets to the shops, uh, when they're servicing cars, that they are using the latest information to make good decisions to recommend the right repairs, the right parts to the consumer mm -hmm. in a way that helps them build trust with their customers. So you talk about your standards, and of course my familiarity is primarily with SAE standards, which are not that different than MAP standards, but MAP standards are kind of a, um, it's a, a, a guideline, maybe more than a guideline, maybe a little stricter than a guideline, but it's a guideline and the idea is that anyone who's part of the motorist assurance program, any shop mm -hmm. who's part of the motorist assurance program, will use the same criteria in evaluating uh, replacement parts or suggested or required repair parts um, based on uh, the guidelines and the criteria that your folks put forth. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the inspection with the green, yellow, and red format. Mm -hmm. And so we take every part on a car, from mm -hmm. an air conditioning compressor to a, to a windshield wiper, and we document every reason that that, that component could fail. Mm -hmm. And so when technicians do that inspection, they're only recommending parts and services to consumers that fall, fall within these guidelines. Right. And, and we use these conferences to really make sure that as things change, we, we our stuff is, is current and accurate. Mm -hmm. So um, I got involved with AMRA a number of years ago when I was in the private industry side of things. And being a member of AMRA um, drove me to coming to the technical conference. Mm -hmm. And a little self-serving in, in our perspective at the time where we wanted to kind of get introductions to some of the other AMRA members. And then that kind of progressed somehow, some way. I ended up being a technical co-chair for AMRA, and so we would review the presentations and so forth. But one of the real interesting things is not only are you rev reviewing uh, the standards and the criteria you have for repairs, you're bringing your members, particularly your service provider members, 
information and technical presentations from industry experts, whether it be Honeywell like we had today mm -hmm. or Doc Watson like we had today, mm -hmm. so that they can learn and they can take that information back to their company and then decide how they can best use that for more training for their employees or to set a strategic vision moving forward as to maybe what kind of repairs they might get into. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you probably have a similar experience at your events when you look out into the room and you think, "Wow, we have all of these experts here." Mm -hmm. And so, how do you how do you get the experts together to have them share the information? And you have another audience, whether it be technicians, shop owners, people that work within service provider organizations, and it just creates a great environment for for those two sides to come together. Right. And right. and I think you probably experienced that too. And probably even at your your conventions, you have so many great organizations that come to yours, mm -hmm. and it's 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 just a it's a great opportunity to, to connect all of the people in our industry together to solve problems that we all face every day. Right, and 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 we we face a shared problem. You being president of Amra, me mm -hmm. being president of Max, where anytime we bring these technical presentations, we need to make sure that they're um, relatively generic. <laughs> um, and because we want to bring them the technical information, we don't want just a marketing guy standing up there saying, rah, rah, only use us, everybody else is terrible. And I remember when we would review these presentations, that was always kind of a key component. You guys just do such a great job of making sure that the information is um, specific across a broad spectrum of the application, not just for a specific company that is doing the presentation. Yeah, it, it's a delicate balance. Oh, sure. You, you know, you have you have so, some of our audience is very technical, and some of our audience is maybe in the sales or marketing or communications mm -hmm. department, and so we really try to have presentations that are very technical based, mm -hmm. but then also are interesting enough to someone that may not be as technical right. to where maybe they've never done that on a vehicle before, mm -hmm. but at least they can follow along. So yeah, it, it's an interesting balance that we that we uh, we face every meeting and, and it was the co-chairs like yourself that mm -hmm. really helped ensure that the presentations were going to come off the right way. Right, right. And you've got some real long time participants in this and, and we'll just, I'll only refer to, to one, you know, Denny Bowen sure. Denny from, from Hunter Engineering who really has been uh, a cornerstone of the AMRA team or AMRA family for years and years. Um, I think served as kind of an interim president at one time. Correct. Yeah, before yep. me. Before the, you. Yep. Yep. And a little bit about you. You came to Amra from Bridgestone Firestone. I did. So you know, I spent a lot of time at uh, Bridgestone Firestone, known as Bridgestone, Bridgestone Retail Operations, okay. and and um, I got involved with Amra when I was in the training department for Bridgestone. So mm -hmm. when I when I first started. Uh, Daryl Rowe, who was a co-chair uh, mm -hmm. and worked for Bridgestone, said, hey, I want you to start attending these meetings. Uh, the next one is this time. And I'm like, well, tell me about these meetings. Tell me about this organization. And so that was the first time I was introduced to AMRA was at Bridgestone. And uh, so I, I started there in the training department, and then I went over into merchandising and, and ran uh, certain categories for, for that organization. Mm -hmm. and. And at some point, the the board had asked me, "Hey, would you consider coming over as a as a, as a staff?" And so, seven years ago, I made that move from from a audience member and co and technical co chair mm -hmm. to uh, to staff. And and I don't know if this is is kind of a secret, but I I, I think 
a relocation might have had something <laughs> to do with that. They, they might have wanted you to relocate down to a different state? They did, but that actually isn't the reason why I took okay. it. So, so yes, uh, Bridgestone, they were, uh, they were relocating to Nashville, and I was part of that move. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had realtors at our house. We had neighborhoods in Nashville picked out. And so we were, we were in on, on the move. Mm -hmm. And this opportunity had come about, and so my wife and I, thought about it all weekend, and, and I, I'm not going to say it didn't play a part because it, it did allow us to stay in Chicago, Sure. but more importantly, I, I really felt passionate about the organization, mm -hmm. and I really thought, how do I want to spend my next years, and, and I looked back at how, what could I do in this role, and how many people am I going to meet, mm -hmm. and it, it was kind of a no-brainer, and even had a conversation with the, with the COO of Bridgestone at the time, and he had said, Jeff, I think you ought to do this. Really? And, and so that was really clear that uh, I, I should go do this. Mm -hmm. And it also, there was a comfort level because he had always said, hey, you know, you're always welcome. Right. And, and so, uh, but not that I needed that, but it was, it's always nice to hear. Sure. Because it's a risk. Right, you know, that there weren't going to be hard feelings. Yes. That, that the relationship would continue as strong as ever. Um, you could leverage your experience and your contacts and your relationship with uh, Bridgestone Firestone or, or Bridgestone Retail Operations um, and the folks there to help support AMRA. Um, tell us a little bit about your board. Um, what's your, how's your board made up? Not necessarily the number of people, but mm -hmm. the type of people that are on the board, the companies they might represent. Yeah, so our board is, is, is made up of a mixture of both service providers and non-service providers. Mm -hmm. The individuals on the board do hold uh, executive level positions within those organizations. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I find really fascinating about our board is how involved they are in, in the strategy creation, in, the, in the, all of the, 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 the parts of the organization, mm -hmm. whether it's finance or marketing. And it's a really, it's a working board. And, and these are executives that have full-time jobs at, to the, at least, right? right? And they're very, very busy individuals. But they always, they're always there. They're always there to support what the staff wants mm -hmm. to do. They're always there to, to guide us. And so it's, it's, I'm really privileged to work mm -hmm. for such a, a really great board. And they're not only members of AMRA. They're, um, in the, from the service provider side, they're users of the MAP program. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's yeah, there's the service providers and the big companies like Goodyear and Bridgestone, but there's also other large organizations like Napa and Advanced Auto Parts and Hunter Engineering, who who leave this room and help us build standards and go into a boardroom and say, all right, how do we execute on these? Right. And and so it, it's it's pretty vast. We have people from the training organizations. We have people from all different functional areas, mm -hmm. and they all uh, jump in and lead and help lead this organization. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I noticed, you know, when, when I first started attending AMRA meetings and then, you know, as part of a technical chair, and now kind of coming back as an adjunct uh, um, partner, if you will, in this particular event, um, is the quality of people that you have there. Many people that I've known for years and years that mm -hmm. are just really nice, great people. We won't name them individually, <laughs> Frank Casale. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but other people like, um, you know, the director of training from Standard Motor Products, Ryan Coyman, 
um, and I don't want to single Ryan out. Ryan's, Ryan's just a fantastic guy, but, but these are high-level people who've been down the road before and are super helpful in making the suggestions, and I remember that was always one of the challenges when we were we were doing this. Probably will be a challenge today <laughs> or tomorrow. Is you're trying to pry the ideas. You know what 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 do you guys want to see in the future? But folks like that, they know what's happening at the shop level, and they're really able to contribute back to you to say, here's uh, take standard motor products for example. Maybe they say we're seeing a whole bunch of this kind of compressor off, these cars come back under warranty and there's nothing wrong with them, or they've been misdiagnosed or something. Right. And then they say, you know, we ought to have somebody come in who represents that kind of car, that kind of system, and tell us why that is. What, what are we missing? And that'll help all of us together. Yeah, it, that, that group of people, you know, we, every time we start a meeting, as you know, we go through the 10 year, how long have you been associated yeah. with this, th this, um, this group? And we have everything from, from the beginning, 30 plus years like Denny Bowen, yeah. to folks, this is their first meeting. Mm -hmm. And what always really impresses me is folks that have been around for 15 years or 20 years and there's how passionate they still are. Sure. And like they still want to bring up ideas. This is what I think you you should have a topic on or this is who should present. Right. And you just think people would get burnt out, but they don't. Right. You know, and I think it's just, it's interesting to me. And, and you're right, people like Ryan and, and Frank, you know, they're really anchors. Sure. You know, Frank has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, and luckily I'm on his good terms today because I just <laughs> plugged a product of his in, in the meeting. So I made Frank happy today. But you know, Ryan, right from the right from his first meeting, I right. knew he was going to be one of those individuals that's going to be involved, and um, and and really help lead these meetings. And and he is someone that started attending the meeting and now is on our board. Yeah. You know, so that he's a he's he's a he's a great leader in the industry. And I, mm -hmm. I really enjoy every conversation I have with yeah, him. Yeah. And you just have there's so many people you just see year after year after year, or meeting after meeting after meeting, and even people who really don't have anything more from a business standpoint directly to gain mm -hmm. from it. But the networking opportunities are just incredible. And I always kind of profess that back to my former employer that, you know, sometimes it's not about um, going to a trade show or going to an event and collecting a bunch of business cards. It's about those little nuggets you get from one person that you can then confirm with another person and then get some more information from a third person. Before you know it, you've got a strategy you can work on. And if it weren't for those networking opportunities, you wouldn't have those. And I know that's a big part of your event. Yeah, you know, a, a good example of that is uh, a gentleman, John Dixon, uh, from Garage Gurus. He's been there now six years and maybe longer than that, but he's been attending our meeting for about six years. And when he started attending our meeting, one of his goals was really to build his own brand. He wanted to be, become someone like yourself mm -hmm. that's really well known within the industry and had a lot of respect from his peers. And so he really worked at it and used our meetings as a networking opportunity to, to just talk to folks, to talk about not only his credentials, but his company's credentials and how he can help support. And, and then, you know, really pressured us, hey, I want to present. When can mm -hmm. I get up there and presented for the first time and, and did a great job? And, and that is someone that I've really seen evolve over the years mm -hmm. and, and really went from somebody that 
uh, maybe had been known in his group, but maybe not so much known across the industry. And now he's a he's a pretty well known individual. Right, right, right. And then we have someone like you know Ashley from Tubbo Towels, and she's you know not what a great name Tubbo Towels. Right, right. Give right. them a plug. Shop I mean, rags, right? yeah, yeah. And they're and, and she's not an automotive person, mm -hmm. and she doesn't sell directly to anybody in that room. But she comes for a couple reasons. She comes because she knows that if she gives out some samples here and there, she gets people talking about her brand. Mm -hmm. She she's gonna network with some folks, and and she's just continuing to build this this organization up. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, she, you know, she says it's the right thing to do. This sure. is the right organization to be involved with. Sure. But through the networking opportunities, I think it really it really helps organizations grow. And I'm, I'm, right. again, I'm sure you see that within your in your meetings. We do. We you know as you're aware, we we have a bunch of networking opportunities because we think that's just such a critical part. You know, we have a trade show, you know, where people can touch and feel, and that's something that's a little bit of a lost art these days. Mm -hmm. But uh, but automotive service technicians. Um, you know, that's how the Snap-ons, the Macs, the Maccos of the world have survived all this time is they get the guy on the truck and he gets to feel that torque wrench. Right. And then once he gets to feel it, now he has to have it. <laughs> and so, you know, the same kind of thing here. But networking is just so important for both of our industries to be able to um, have, e you know, whether it's personal growth in your career, but as importantly, to be able to um, to grow your company's reach um, and, and maybe find new opportunities that are out there. Um, talk a little bit about uh, two of my other favorite people. Well, one of my other favorite people and, and my other nemesis, um, Joellen. Yes. Um, just uh, never, never had a bad thing to say, well, at least never that I heard. Yeah. Um, about anything. Um, what a fantastic um, staff member she is for you guys. No, no doubt. Joellen is the glue that really holds this whole thing together. Mm -hmm. uh, she, I don't know where we'd be without Joellen. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't. She, she works so hard to make everybody's experience wonderful. Mm -hmm. And she just doesn't, she she she's relentless in that, mm -hmm. and and I remember when I first when I first joined the organization, my, my first day, I had talked about we're going to be of service. That mm -hmm. that everything that we do is we're going to be of service. We mm -hmm. are going to help our members solve problems. We're not we're not going to be an organization that um, is a barrier. Mm -hmm. And and I said it one time, and she took it to heart, mm -hmm. and and she has just carried that through. Uh, more than anybody, even including myself, mm -hmm. and, and so she is responsible for so much. I, I don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I need her to be around for a hundred years <laughs> because I, I don't. I just I don't know what we'll do without without her. And and mm -hmm. and, and luckily, I, 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 she's going to be around for a while. So well, I yeah. feel lucky to, to have her. But uh, and the she's the greatest. And Mike's barbecue. And her husband's a world-class barbecue person. I know. I know. I, it's incredible. If you've ever, if you've never had it, you should you should have it. Come and have it sometime, yeah. uh, because he he is and also the greatest guy ever. Mm -hmm. You know, and so they are a perfect couple, and yeah. and he's certainly an extension of our team. I mean, last night he's taping cords on the floor and yeah. and doing all the things that he he doesn't have to do. But sure. We we really really appreciate. So yeah. when I first. Um, came to my first AMR meeting, I met uh, Tim Tierney. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Tim, what position did Tim hold at that time? Do you recall? He so, was kind of like Mr. Everything? Yeah, or? he was on the operations side. Okay. So, you know, uh, Tim, Tim Hatcher was, was coming in and, and, and as a, a long-term strategy to replace mm -hmm. Tim Tierney. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, Tim Tierney was really responsible for all of the presentations that we saw. He was responsible for the website stuff, updating the UICS, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and someone that had been around in this association for a long time. Mm -hmm. When uh, Timothy Hatcher came on, he had big shoes to fill uh, mm -hmm. with, with Tim Tierney, and uh, has, has done a nice job. But we wouldn't be where we are today without Tim Tierney. Yeah. So. Timothy Hatcher, you thought I was just going to kind of pass you by. You thought I was just kind of kind of ignore you. But um, my experience with uh, my experience with Timothy Hatcher has been it really just the same as it has been with Joe Allen. Um, what what a fantastic find he was for Amra. And to be honest with you, if I thought he would move to Philadelphia, we'd be battling over who was going to pay him more money. I um, I know that yeah. I, I I know the, your relationship with with Timothy and I think if Timothy were to ever leave me he would want to go work for you <laughs> I, I I that that's that's clear uh, he is a great find and I, I don't know you ever heard the story about how Timothy and I met no okay no. so Timothy is a Firestone guy as well yeah. I knew that so when I started uh, at Bridgestone Retail uh, I didn't have any store experience mm -hmm. and so they said well, Jeff we want you to go work in a store for for a you know, a couple of weeks uh, to, to understand the operations and the flow. So pick a store and, uh, you know, and, and we'll get it all set up. So I picked the store closest to my house. Mm -hmm. So I go there and Timothy Hatcher is the manager. So my experience with him goes back to my Firestone days. Okay. And so he, you know, helped me through all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we had, it was, it was a good time and it was great meeting him. Mm -hmm. And then as a coacher, one day, Timothy Hatcher is, is there. And he's now a, a staff member for, for Amra. And I said, oh, what are you doing here? And, and so it was good to, re, to, to connect with him. Mm -hmm. And he's another, I've never met somebody that learns as fast as he does. Mm -hmm. And him and Joellen, you're right, they, they both, their expectation is, is perfection. Yeah. But they come about it completely differently. They're almost polar opposites. Mm -hmm. And so Joellen's great because she's the cheerleader and every stupid idea I have, she says, this is the greatest, I'm ready, when do we start? Right. And Timothy says, that's the dumbest thing I've <laughs> ever heard of, we're not doing that. And, and so what we, end, what we end up with is something that does work. Right. And, and, and so Timothy is my balance. Yeah. I need him to yeah. balance me out because he is a realist and he yeah. knows what we can accomplish. But there are often times where he will say, hey, this, this can't be done. Mm -hmm. And then two hours later, he says, I figured out how we could do that. Right. And, and that is a, a, a quality that I just really admire, yeah. uh, is how fast he can pick up something and go from a novice to an expert level in a, right. in a very short amount of time. Yeah, we, you know, we have a, a similar scenario here at Max. And I think you know, Joellen and yourself and Timothy have kind of experienced that with with our thing here, when we had some some challenges, we had some some um, staff changing, if you will, um, that um, that we weren't expecting, and uh, our team just picked it up. And you know, between the the Steves and the Lins and the Marias and and the rest of our team inside, uh, we're able to make everything happen. And and it's it's just great to be able to go into an office and know that even when there's a bad day, it's not going to be a bad day. 
the roof isn't going to fall in, things aren't going to collapse, everyone's going to take a deep breath, and we're going to figure out what we need to do next to make the most of that day or that situation. Yeah, there's so many times where I've, I have felt like our back is against the wall on a certain thing, yeah. you know, and, and they've all, both of them have always come forward with some kind of solution. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, very, very grateful. Uh, when you're, when you're association, we have, you know, you try to use your money um, so in a way that makes the most sense. Right. And, and, you know, having less staff allows you to do more things with those dollars. Right. And so we, I really like being lean like we are, yeah. but it takes certain quality of people and, and you have to have people that are, that can play any position, that can, sure. can do anything. Yep. And even for ourselves, right? It, yeah. It'd be nice if, if you know, we had more time to just maybe influence and guide, but a lot of times we're, we're rolling up our sleeves too and, and getting to work just, oh. like, just like everybody else. And that's just part of you know working for a nonprofit. But that's the part I love. That's I I love still being in a position where I feel like I'm a value and right. not just a decision maker. I mean that right. that part is important, but it's I think just as important as be able to step in and, and execute. Yeah, I do that by um, every so often we have a truck that shows up that has to be unloaded, and I go volunteer to push the cart. And I'm like, there's, I rolled up my sleeves. I'm good. It's, it works. But you're right. We, when you're small, we're small. Mm -hmm. You're small. Um, you have to really be able to, to, to do anything that's asked of you. You may not do it as well as the other person. You may not do it as quickly as the other person. But you have to be willing to do it. Yeah, and, that's right. And having a great team that can do that, just like we have at Max, is, yeah. is so important. Uh, before we close, um, I want to ask you about one other thing. I know that you have some hobbies. I know you have a particular passion. You want to tell me what that is from a from a hobby standpoint? You spend some outdoors time. I was going to ask which hobby you're talking about because there's really my time is divided up into two. Right. You know, I I, I love hunting. Yeah. Uh, hunting is, uh, it is just something that I find tremendous joy in, mm -hmm. and luckily uh, I, I get to hunt all over the country. Mm -hmm. uh, not often as much as I'd like to, although if you ask my wife, she'd probably say too often. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I really like spending time outdoors. I've really got into Western hunting the last mm -hmm. few years and, and uh, went chasing bears in, in Idaho in the spring. And mm -hmm. this fall, I'll be in Colorado chasing elk. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's something about sitting on top of the mountain and, and just without cell phone and without without anything but your own thoughts mm -hmm. that I find r just incredibly enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and I said, how, how many times do you have when you have nothing, nothing to do but think for eight hours? Mm -hmm. Not for five minutes or 10 mm -hmm. minutes, but for eight hours, all you, can, all you really do is think. Mm -hmm. And so, Unfortunately, when I come back from that, I have lists of all these things that I'd like to do, and that gets into the conversation with Timothy mm -hmm. and Joellen. Mm -hmm. But I, I really love spending time in the fall, and of course, I, I am a I am a car guy. Mm -hmm. I love cars, like you. Yep. And you have your Subaru, and I have my Mopars, mm -hmm. and I I really really love spending time building engines and putting cars together. And, mm -hmm. And uh, we're doing some really cool things with, with some friends now, and we're building some pretty big horsepower engines for, for the street. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I find it incredibly enjoyable. Do you race them? Well, you know, racing is one of those things, you know. Let me, let me, let, <laughs> let me stop you, because this is probably a direction that we don't need to go, because, you know, we'll end up with, uh, you know, who hit 
who hit the, uh, the, the bigger number. But, um, but you don't do any tracking of your cars, is that correct? I don't build them for that. Okay. Oftentimes, like, you know, there's some events that I go to, so I, I'm, I'm a manual transmission guy. I like okay. my four-speed stuff. Yeah. And so there are a few events where they have just Mopar four-speed classes. Right. And so I'll get in on that at the right. track. But oftentimes, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to compete with an automatic transmission with a trans right. brake, and so right. I, I don't. But it's for fun. It really is. We build them for the, for the street to enjoy, right. um, to do, you know, so, so power tours and drag and drive events and things like right. that. And so right. they definitely get more time on the street. But, you know, sometimes you need that horsepower sure. and, and I like it to be there. Yeah. See, we, we like all wheel drive. Yeah, I get we it. Just, we just came back from uh, just two weeks ago or whatever. We came back from uh, making a run from southern New Jersey, Subaru headquarters, out to Lafayette, Indiana, to Subaru, um, the assembly plant. So we did that 675 miles in one day, and then on the way back, we went hunted for snow on the back roads of West Virginia, where your Mopar would have been parked on the side of the road, but you probably would have gotten to Indiana a lot faster than we would have. Maybe, um, maybe. maybe. Yeah, you you, you have a lot more top-end speed than, than our <laughs> I, stuff I, does. I guess that's possible. But uh, Timothy and I, we're doing the Hot Rod Power Tour this year. Okay. And so we're going to do the long haul. We're doing all stops. It starts in Kentucky and goes through Tennessee and up to uh, into, Ohio, into Ohio and ends in Indianapolis. And wow. so we'll spend five days on, on the road. with. Uh, he's got a Mustang now, and, and uh, we'll spend five days in the Mustang and enjoying some two-lane highway. That's that's awesome. So um, I want to thank you for joining us. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for the time. I know how valuable time is at these events. And uh, any closing thoughts? Well, I really want to thank you and your staff. You guys have you put on such a great event. And anybody who's never been to Max, you know, really needs to come out because it is a tremendous event. And, and to partner with you, uh, it's been great on our end, mm -hmm. and I really think the growth that we've seen during this meeting is re you're responsible for that. You have people coming in early to attend our event, mm -hmm. and and so it's it's been great. And I know you're you're kicking off uh, with golf tomorrow, and I'm yeah. excited to play golf tomorrow and uh, and attend some of your stuff. Yeah. And and I and I know your event's going to be uh, great as well. But we really appreciate the partnership, mm -hmm. um, both from you on the AMRA side, and now these two great organizations working sure. together. It's been a lot of fun. Well, it's our, our pleasure to have you guys here. I think it'll be mutually beneficial, and we'll see where things go in the future. So on behalf of Max, I'm Peter Call, and I'm Jeff Cox. Thank you for watching, and uh, cheers. This podcast is a production of Max, the Mobile Air Climate Systems Association. Max is the nonprofit trade association for the mobile air conditioning industry, representing manufacturers, tier one suppliers, tool and equipment providers, parts distributors, and of course, service shops, owners, and technicians. Max is a membership driven organization serving the industry through training, education, advocacy, government relations, standards writing, and EPA Section 609 certification. If you'd like to learn more about Max, please visit us on our website, www.maxmobileairclimate.org, where you can join Max as a member. This podcast was produced by me, Steve Shaber, and hosted by Steve Shaber and Peter Call. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give a thumbs up and please subscribe to us on YouTube, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for listening.